Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dog Lucy. Together we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs whose work is inspired by their dogs. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I'm chatting up a pet business expert. She used her experience running a local pet shop with multiple locations, a doggy daycare, and other ventures to create an educational community for pet bosses. Did you know that of all the pet supplies purchases made each year, just 9% come from online sales? That means that brick and mortar is big business in the pet industry. Listen in to learn more. Candice Daniolo has been in the pet industry for over 16 years and has successfully translated her passion for pets into multiple million dollar businesses. She's created a freedom lifestyle instead of working like a dog in her business. But it wasn't always that way. She's turned obstacles into opportunities and created step-by-step systems for every unique challenge a pet business faces. Her latest business, Pet Boss Nation, is a coaching and consulting community that helps bring profits to pet businesses through inventory planning, cash flow roadmaps, marketing, goal setting, and more via her signature program, The Pet Boss Club. Candace was also recently honored with the Women in the Pet Industries 2017 Woman of the Year Award in the Entrepreneur category and a 2018 Pet Age Woman of Influence Award. On top of many other accomplishments, her most important role is dog mom to Guinness, Clover, and Dory. <laughs> hey, Candace. Hi, Tori. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because we just met in person recently at the Blog Pause Conference. Yeah, and I'm so glad to be here. I mean, it's amazing to see what you've done with your business and your brand. And so I was excited when you asked me to be on. Thank you so much. Well, I have to say that when we met, um, I feel like we really hit it off <laughs> and I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's how I felt. <laughs> and, totally. um, I just, I loved, I felt like we kind of have been on like parallel tracks almost a little bit. Um, cause we both started working at a young age and have done a lot of things in our, in our, um, minimal years. <laughs> um, so tell us, I loved hearing, uh, about how you got started originally in the pet industry. So if you don't mind regaling us with some stories, um, how did you get into this industry to begin with? <laughs> sure, well, it was actually a complete accident. I think that um, most people, when they talk about how they got into the pet industry, it's because they couldn't find you know, a natural product or they couldn't find something that they were looking for. And for me, it's really more that I didn't want to work for corporate America. So I had to come up with another option. So anyway, I, ended, I mean, the, the quick version of the early years was that I always wanted to work at an ad agency. I went to school for it, got a big job at a you know, big ad agency, and then realized I didn't want to be stuck in a cubicle all day. So I ended up leaving and I painted murals for kids' rooms. And then to uh, find mural clients, I realized I wanted to work at a kid's furniture store because those people are potentially needing murals. And I learned working at the kid's furniture store that I really loved merchandising and displays and customer experiences and helping customers and working in retail. And then, gosh, I think I was only 23 or 24 at the time, and my one of my girlfriends and I would get together for drinks and her 
um, mother had, and her had bought this little like doggy bakery pastry kind of business. And this is now in 2003, I think 2000. Yeah. 2003. And so, uh, I, would say to her, you know, she was really struggling and frustrated. And I said, you know, well, I can come work for you. I really love retail and I'm not getting very many, very many murals right now. So I ended up working with her and it was great because I was able to kind of like practice in business with someone else's business before I launched my own. And then ultimately it ended up becoming, you know, well, I want to have my own business and either sell me yours or I'll go start my own. And and really, um, if I was going to make that kind of an investment into going into business, because I would have had to have gotten a loan, a business loan, I wanted it to be mine. I wanted to pick the name. I wanted to pick the location. And I, for me, it was much more important to build something of, of that I wanted to, that was my of my own, versus buying something, somebody else's. So I started Dogaholics. <laughs> and Dogaholics... Eventually, you know, so in 2006, we launched as a, a retail boutique in Lincoln Park in Chicago. And then a year later, I had another location in the Southport Corridor. And then a year later, I opened a doggy daycare. And a year after that, we added dog walking services. And by that time, I was only 28 That's and I had 30 employees. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. It was nuts. <laughs> so, so you had three like retail locations, um, plus other services and other things that you were doing. Um, and at that time you, um, you, you decided to kind of make some changes or something. Tell us about this investor opportunity that you, that you came across. <laughs> right. So, you know, I had already you know, had my own brick and mortar businesses for about 10 years and, you know, the, uh, like all business, there's, you know, it's a roller coaster, ups and downs. And I mean, man, we have seen some of, we've seen some serious hard times. And there were a lot of moments that almost put me out of business. And um, I had reached a point where I, I started running my business so that I could eventually sell it because I just knew that, um, one, if I was running my business to sell it, I would be running a better business because I want the numbers to look good. I want things to be healthy and strong but also to take advantage of opportunities that came my way. And the opportunity that I took advantage of was that I saw a TV show called The Profit. And that's a TV show on CNBC. And the star of the show is Marcus Limonis. And uh, he was profiling and um, helping a, a store on the show that's in the Chicago suburbs called Bentley's Pet Stuff. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, they are probably going to want, well, they did say that they were going to expand and buy, multi, you know, buy multiple locations and their expansion plan was to acquire mom and pop businesses. And so I saw that as an opportunity to reach out to them and see if they were interested. Sure enough, they were. So it was like the perfect timing. You know, I think what's interesting is that people sometimes think that you sell a business or leave because you know, things aren't going well, you know, but the flip side is that, no, it was actually, we were having the best quarter we've ever had. And I just knew that there was a really easy transition there. They had the investor, they had the money. Um, they wanted to come into the neighborhood. They were going to provide more opportunities for the team that had been working for me already for a long time because they could move up through their bigger company and, and had, had more opportunities than I could give them. So um, I'm really, I feel very fortunate that I was able to transition and sell a brick and mortar business because 
usually that doesn't happen. You know, normally, you know, I think we all know this from our own neighborhoods and our own kind of shopping districts uh, that the mom and pops are kind of like are disappearing as these are the big box of people are people shop online. Right. So, so it's uh, my story is unique. And, you know, that like, you know, billionaire TV show guy will always come across everyone's paths. But I think it's more about, you know, being prepared for opportunities when they present themselves so that you can take advantage of them. But I think it's really that that opportunity won't come across everyone. But um, but it's an inspiring story to hear. And I think it's it's great to have that mindset of running your business like you're trying to impress someone (laughs) uh, or, you know, impress a potential investor or something like that, because we do see so many um, so many businesses seem to just kind of like fizzle out um, when people sort of lose steam. And instead, maybe like when you're when you're really ramping up and at your highest, you should be looking for uh, other opportunities or just, I don't know, be open minded. I think that's one of the most important things in business in general, but especially in pet business, because it's just growing and changing and and everything. So, mm-hmm. so you have such a such a variety of experience in running retail, daycare, um, doing everything from the operations to the marketing and everything. So, you had this great idea to start the Pet Boss Nation um, and the Pet Boss Club. So, tell us a little bit about this program that you came up with and how long you've been doing it and and what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Well, Pet Boss Nation is, I like to call it like a coaching and consulting community. Uh, we help move pet professionals from their passion for pets to being profitable bosses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it all started because when I did sell my, my store to Bentley's Pet Stuff, two of my nearest competitors closed their doors. And I started thinking about, well, why was I the one that was able to walk away with money in my pocket? And these people, you know, had to close their businesses and, and didn't have the same opportunity. And, um, I realized it really came down to my systems and my processes and the things that I had learned about retail and, um, strategies that I used. And, and I realized that there were a lot of people in the pet industry that weren't using those strategies and weren't using those techniques. And, when I thought about my next career, my next give back, it's to help Main Street USA. You know, I really want to support local businesses um, to help see them thrive because when they can um, keep their doors open and employ more employ more people or, you know, even make more money for themselves, they can have a bigger impact in their own lives and in the lives of uh, other people that work for them or in their local communities. Um, so Pet Boss Nation came about, and we have a lot of ways people can work with us. You know, if you work in the pet industry on any level, if you're a retailer, manufacturer, or service provider, we have a free Facebook group. Um, you can just search Pet Boss Nation on Facebook, and you'll find the group. And um, so that's kind of a, a great networking opportunity that I just host. You know, it's free. Kind of people do business together. I love it. I love that they. Um, have found that connection through Pet Boss Nation. You know, again, for me, like I love building communities, whether they're locally or, you know, online now. And, um, but then obviously, you know, I want to be able to have really truly help people. And so we created the Pet Boss Club. So the club is our signature program. And that's really more like a monthly group coaching experience, like a mentoring experience, mm-hmm. 
where, where people get access to all of the tools and the templates and videos and training to actually, you know, build the business, like the step-by-step playbook, let's say that I used in my own business, but they also get access to one-on-one coaching with me. And then I bring in guest experts who also talk about topics that are relevant to them in business. So, um, it's really, you know, people get the most out of it as much as they participate, but I will say that the people who do participate, it's like transformed their, either their confidence or their business. It sounds almost like an MBA (laughs) in running a pet business because like, (laughs) I think one of, one of the, I, I have a master's, but it's not an MBA, but I hear all these people talking about like business school and the connections that you make. Um, so it's not just like the programs and the systems that you're learning, but it's also about the connections that you're making, like within your industry and, and working with those people. So, um, so that's, that sounds really amazing. So what kinds of businesses are good candidates for the Pet Boss Club? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked that because that's a question we get a lot. I think that's the first question is people are like, is it right for me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say that, um, you know, there, there are three areas. I think if you have all three of these areas, then you'll like, you can like rock it in the, in the Pet Boss Club, but it's that you carry inventory. So um, usually that's a a brick and mortar business then that has inventory or an online store even with inventory. I mean, we definitely don't focus on, let's say, like the SEO components. I mean, we have have experts in it, but it's not necessarily the niche. Mm -hmm. But um, so they carry inventory. Uh, The second piece is that they would have a team, you know, uh, so again, doggy daycare with a team or a dog walking company with a team of employees. And then um, just really that they have a physical space. Those, Those people would be kind of ideal candidates. But what's been really, really interesting, and actually they probably make up like 60% of our club members. Yeah. But what's been really interesting is that we're finding a lot of smaller brands are really coming in and um, benefiting and participating because when I say small brands, I mean, they're still, you know, maybe they make dog collars or dog treats and they actually manufacture a product. And a lot of them are still like the only employee. They may outsource packing to a facility or something like that, but they love the club because it's a play it's a community and a place they can like check in with every day and they don't feel like they're working by themselves so um it's really been interesting to kind of see who who's drawn to it and then who actually like participates in it and sees results and so this is all virtual everyone meets online for for these lessons and sessions and all kind of stuff right yeah, I mean, with technology now, oh my gosh, we can do so much. So yeah, uh, members get access to an online portal that has uh, all kinds of, that's where all the videos live and all the forms and the templates. And there's a lot of content that's already in the portal. And then we always load new stuff there. But then the offline component, which even is really truly still online, <laughs> is that we come to, we come to, uh, we have our own private Facebook group where we engage a lot. And then we also do like videos through Zoom, conference calling and we, um, use different, yeah, just different video platforms where they get, have opportunities to either talk one-on-one with us as a group or at least chat in the chat room. But what's also really cool is, I mean, I love to go to pet trade shows and pet, uh, the, like the big shows like super zoo and global, or even some other types of, you know, shows like where I met you at blog right. pause. And, and what's interesting too is they love to get, they're all, they want to get together and they're like, when are we meeting up? When's the pet boss meetup? You know? So uh, there will be moments where they can, where we can all come together and maybe I'll be attending the pet boss nation conference one year. I hope so. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know what? 
you were having one in 2019. Oh, okay. Well, you heard it here first. Breaking news. Yeah, you did hear it here first. <laughs> there is. I have some really exciting stuff that's going to roll out in 2019. But you'll hear about it. Everyone else will hear about it sooner. I can't talk about it now. But oh, okay. Well, that's that. that's a really good teaser for everyone to go sign up for your email list <laughs> or join your Facebook group or something because that sounds exciting. Yeah. You're um, totally invited. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I'll, I'll bring Lucy too. <laughs> as long as we can drive there. Hey there, sorry to interrupt, but I'd love to see what you're doing while you catch up with the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player or snap a selfie with your earbuds in and share it to your Instagram stories. I'll keep an eye out for mentions and would love to give you a shout out from my own account. Okay, now back to the interview. So obviously you um, are a huge supporter of Shopping Local because you said like 60% of your people probably have a, a um, physical location. Um, do you, Can you share some advice on how brick and mortar stores can really thrive today? Because uh, it's got to be a challenge uh, just with all the online shopping and everything. And I used to work with a local chamber of commerce. And so I heard a lot of stories from people who were just struggling or, or, or couldn't be open-minded enough to adapt to how they needed to do things today. So is there any advice that you can, that you can share to people who might be in that situation? I think you've pretty much just hit it on the head by saying <laughs> open-minded because I think, you know, they are living in these outdated mindsets and these outdated business models of how they should be doing business. And I, you know, I've been the chamber of commerce too in my area and I've been in a lot of business areas and people love to complain. They love to, like say that, oh, the internet's putting them out of business or big box. And I can tell you for a fact that in the pet industry, the internet is not putting them out of business. The uh, pet parents only make up about like 9% of all of the, inter- like by the, you know, sorry, sorry, all of the pet products that are purchased on the internet, only 9% of them are purchased on the internet. Right. Um, so, you know, 90% of people are still shopping in their local stores for their pet. You know, pet and grocery are both things that consumers still need to go into the store to get. So I know that when, inter- like when Lucy runs out of food, it is it's like the last meal. Like I need to go to the store yeah. at like 4 p.m. that day to buy more food. So I I've never ordered food online. Yeah. So um, our goal is that that, you know, we just kind of can help them shift that mindset and. And, and that, but it's about learn. It's being open to some, some of the technology that's out there. You know, I, I don't believe they need to have an online store, but they definitely need to have a digital presence and the digital presence can be like what you do using Instagram or, you know, knowing how to really have a, a, a Facebook ad strategy to just generate leads. They don't need to have, you know, there's, there's certain things that are available to them that they're not adapting because I, think, I don't know if they're scared of it or I don't know if they, they probably just don't know where to spend their money or what to do. And um, so that's what we're here for. You know, we're here at Pet Boss Nation and the club is just to kind of like, like when I said earlier about giving them some confidence, I think it's just about showing them that they really are getting in their own way. You know, they, oh, yeah. they yeah, I mean, I, all of us as individual people, like we are our biggest competitor. You know, our mind is our biggest competitor. It's not, 
the actual local competitor. <laughs> right, so. exactly. Um, so on on this podcast, I've interviewed a lot of people we, who we've talked about like doing local events to kind of get the word out. Is that something that you think is a good use of people's energy is to kind of host an event at their store or go to local events or do that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They have to have, um, they have to be having events at their business and they have to be integrating with the community. You know, um, most people want to shop at a brick and mortar for the experience. It's the experience of when they come in and how they engage with the staff and the team that's there, what it sensory wise, what does it feel like? Does it smell good? Do they play good music? Do they have cool, unique pro- uh, products and merchandise? Is it different than things they see at their other stores? Is it different than what they find online? And then the events are just kind of like the icing on the cake. Um, and I interviewed this woman last night and she's a millennial pet boss. I like to call her. She has a <laughs> store um, called, called Shop Dog Boutique in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. And she has really niched onto the fact that she's a store for dog moms. Like she's all about dog moms. That's all she does. I mean, she buys stuff that says dog mom. All her collars are really flowery. Like she's super feminine. And, um, she just got her wine license and oh. it wasn't that much to get a wine license, but it's now, so now she's doing like dog mom nights out with the wine. She can sell wine and bottles of wine. And she does like meet up like champagne for breakfast and you know, like all these like fun things to create events. And now she can actually sell that the alcohol now too. <laughs> but I just thought that that was like such a really interesting way to say, okay, I know who my target customer is. It's totally experiential. And I know they want to get together and bond with other dog moms. And she's being you know, super successful in that. And so uh, there's so many ways that you can take your brick and mortar and have fun, have fun with it. The customers, yeah. you know, they can't, the internet will never be able to do that. So, yeah, right. I love that. And like, I just, that's such a great example her, that business sounds super fun. And I know since my business is all about dog moms, like people all the time are pestering me about like, why don't you make anything for dog dads or how about cats? And I'm like, nope, sorry, people. It is just all dog moms all the time. And I have found so much success in that, like that, like niching down and, and really like leaning in to what it is that I do because you can't be everything to everyone. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, people love anything that's like super specialized because then you can be the very best at that one thing. So, um, you know, I think, yeah. I think when I see stores, pet businesses or not pet businesses that just like specialize in one certain thing, I think it really makes you stand out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Okay, so we've been talking all about brick and mortar businesses, and we didn't mention that you're actually writing a book about um, how to make a stronger and healthier brick and mortar business. So how did you decide to write a book? I mean, it sounds like you kind of have a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been that process? It sounds like a ton of work. Yeah, well, you know, actually... It's it's not it's not a huge amount of work. So I would love I would love if any of you are listening want to write a book, just do it. <laughs> like just you, you know it doesn't have to be complicated. With technology now, again with technology, you know you can write an outline for your book and your framework and start just re- void you know use your cell phone and start recording your stories and record everything you want to say in your book and then get it transcribed and then edit that. Is that what you did? <laughs> Yeah, that's like, that's, I did that for me. I have one other book as well already. And that's like, so it's all my words, but I 
I removed the, because I, 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 you know, for me, I'll, I'll be able to, you know, say it faster or get the stories down and then you can edit it all together at that point. But that's like the fastest way to actually write a book. That's fantastic. Um, I've never heard yeah. anyone say that before. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, for me with this book, it's called Retailer Rehab, <laughs> uh, 12 Weeks to a Stronger and Healthier Brick and Mortar Business. And, you know, I, I'm using this book. It's a, it's a business book and it's really more as a lead gen, a platform, a marketing tool to kind of bring people in and either use it as a way to teach them some basics that I want them to know before we work together. Mm-hmm. Or I can give this book as a gift to clients who are in the club. I can, uh, if I'm going to be speaking at any kind of trade conferences or things like that, I can you know, be selling them in the room or again, give them away. It was just, just a, an opportunity to, again, to have something that was more like, this is Candace's business 101 concept to help you have a successful and thriving retail business. So that's awesome. I think when you're kind of, cause I also do social media coaching and it's hard to have like a tangible item to say like here you can go buy this um if someone doesn't want to sign up for like a a coaching package or a long-term thing Mm -hmm. like that so i think that's really um that's very exciting and so will it be available on amazon yeah it's available on amazon you can just search retailer rehab it'll come up um and then depending on when you're catching this uh, it's either going to be in pre-order which is super cheap right now it's only 99 cents (laughs) as a pre-order yeah super cheap uh and then after that once the book is is released it'll be a little bit more but um yeah just retailer rehab on amazon that's very cool what a good idea i'm gonna start recording my book (laughs) tonight i didn't (laughs) know i could record a book but now that i know why not So, um, so Candace, let's, uh, let's talk, cause we've been talking about business and everything, which is awesome. That's what this is about, but we all also are huge dog lovers. So, um, before we, before we talk about your little fur babies, um, you're on the board of the Chicago canine rescue. Um, so how, how did you get involved in that and, and what makes that rescue special enough to you that you wanted to get involved at a, at a higher level? Yeah. And so it's interesting because I've been on this board now, gosh, like over 10 years as well. And I think it just stemmed from hosting a hosting a a adoption day in my boutique. And the one of the volunteers who was on the board, you know, like asked me to come to a meeting and be on the board and I jumped in. And, you know, I think for well, one that for two points, if you're ever looking for people to help you with stuff, if you never ask people to help you, then you'll never know. So never be shy to ask. Um, but then number two is that for as, as a retailer, um, it, it was beneficial to me to get involved with a, a rescue um, because it, it took it's a long kind of marketing strategy. But eventually, you know, you juicy return from that as far as, you know, new adopters coming to you or you've got lots of opportunities in your own business to raise money for the charity and the cause, which is always feel good. And, and you know, your customers love to participate in things like that, too. But um, why I picked them? was just that I really loved like they they are um I should say we we still and it's still to this day you know we we pick the dogs that are because uh, the way you know the way this well your shelter system probably around the country is a little different but you know all the dogs have to come to let's say like the city pound mm-hmm. and then um the city pounds call some of the rescues and they can come and pick them up some rescues will go through right away and only a pick like the super adoptable dogs like any of the really cute little like all the cute ones all the mm-hmm. All the perfect, like fast dogs are going to adopt easy. Um, 
Chicago Canine Rescue doesn't always look at that though. They may they may take a dog and say you're a perfectly good um, you know Labrador and you're a perfectly good lab, but you have to have a hip replacement, yeah. which that's going to cost money. And so some of the other rescues will say, well we can't we can't afford to raise that money, so we're not going to we're going to pass on that lab, you know, or maybe that lab's too old, or um, there's all kinds of other reasons. And so while CCR definitely still brings in dogs that are easily adoptable, we also try to find the cases where the dog is actually a really good dog. It would be a great family dog, but maybe it needs dental or maybe it has like needs some heartworm treatments right. or maybe it just needs special surgery. And then we bring it into our network at that point and we work with our veterinarians locally here. We have a huge network of veterinarians who donate a lot of their time and money to us and then um we kind of rehab them back to health and um and then you know we help them find their forever homes that's that's wonderful i love that you guys rescue the ones who um who don't always easily find a home because um you know especially now with the internet and everything you can put up a gofundme or some kind of a page and and raise money i see pages all the time um for dogs who need surgery or something shocked yeah Mm -hmm. people still just drop their dogs off shelters and they're 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 perfectly good, good dogs and it's just breaking. So um, whatever we can all do to, to help curb that, you know, that's fine. Totally fine. Put yeah. up a GoFundMe page. Totally. I'll donate to it. If you right. Need help. <laughs> I, I just donated to someone today whose dog, um, had really high vet bills and they just needed help paying them. So, um, you know, it's one of my Instagram friends. So you just never know, um, going out there on social media, who you're going to connect with. Um, so, I and I'll link up to the Chicago Canine Rescue in the show notes. So if anyone wants to learn more, they can check out um, those are on wherewagrepeat.com if you ever want to look at them. Um, but I don't think that it's possible to run a pet business and be really good at it if you don't have your own pets and love them. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a few people under extenuating circumstances, but um, it's, I think, our pets that we have at home that really inspire us to keep going and keep doing what we're doing. So tell us about about your dogs, Guinness, Clover, and Dory. What kind of dogs are they and, and, and what do you love so much about them? Oh my gosh. So, well, Guinness and Clover are from Chicago Canine Rescue. And, um, I am mostly Irish. I, I love Ireland. And even though my last name is very Italian, but <laughs> at the time I had had to put my other dog Tyson to sleep and I was just so sad. And another board member, you know, had sent me a message and I was like, Candace, we just got a whole new litter of puppies at the rescue litter of puppies at CCR and they gave them all Irish names. I think it's a sign. I think you need to go get like look at them. So I went over and I saw them and uh, they were just adorable. And, and I knew I wanted to get two dogs so that they always had, uh, each, you know, their companions to to bond with when we were home. But I will also say to never get two puppies. I will never get two puppies again, ever. That's crazy. <laughs> so they're very litter hard. Mates. Yeah, they're litter mates. And it was really hard because it was like one would do something bad. You try to discipline that one. And the other one's like, Ooh, look how much fun that is. You know? And it, they just wouldn't listen to me. Right. Or They're one, amazing. Like, one poops amazing. in the house and yeah. the other one eats it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it was bad. And so, but it's so they're super bonded, but, and then it's been, they've been amazing. You know, they've, they've come to the store with me. They, um, you know, we can, uh, they're very, very well-behaved dogs. I love them to death. Um, and then, but, Clover, she started a few fights at my doggy daycare and she got kicked out of daycare. 
And um, what's interesting about that, while I wish that she could go, um, it actually has been a great story for even our clients there. That it's like when we have to, you know, tell a dog they can no, or tell a pet parent their dog can no longer come to daycare. They feel bad. Like they feel like they have like they're a bad pet parent because their like dog can't personally come. Personally criticizing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh no, I my dog can't even go to daycare, and I own the place. <laughs> like, oh really? Okay. So it makes Aww. them feel better. But but no. So she's super alpha female. She's gotten on lots of fights. She hates every dog that runs by her. And then so it's shocking that we have three dogs because. What happened about a year ago is that we were just, you know, working on the yard and this little white dog goes zipping by and uh, there's a tr- like a pickup truck of people that are all like trying to catch her, like driving. She's moving through the, they're trying to catch her on the corners. They'll jump out and try to get her. And my boyfriend caught her and he comes walking in and he was like, honey, don't be mad. You know, he's got this little white Pomeranian and her hair was so long and overgrown that I, when I came around the corner, I thought he had a white cat. And, um, I thought, oh no, that's not going to go over well in this house with our, with Clover and her prey drive. And it's just not going to go over well, but we, um, tried to find Dor- Well, she's now, so we've had her, we've kept her, yeah. <laughs> her name's Dory. We tried to find her owners. You know, we put up signs all over. We called all the vet's offices. We called all the animal control. We put it all on pet finder or what pet finder. Yeah. There's like lost dogs of Illinois, uh-huh. put it all on social media, on the neighborhood groups. I mean, it, nobody Nobody was looking for them. No one was even looking for a white. They didn't put up. There were no posts about dogs. Anyone looking for a white Pomeranian. So, um, so I think either, yeah, or either her owner might have passed or Mm -hmm. she is actually very scared of kids. So maybe the kids got out or she got out of the house and the kid, you know, they were just too preoccupied with kids that they Mm -hmm. were like, you know, it's time. But I also could think maybe they saw that on social media, she had found a woman who owns all these pet businesses and they were like, you know what? She's set. We'll just let this lady take care of her. I I really don't know. But now maybe Dory saw you on social media and she (laughs) sought you out. (laughs) But she, and it's funny because I've always been a big dog person. I had chocolate labs while growing up. I like my last dog, Tyson, was a lab Newfie mix. And I've always had big dogs. And in these other two, Clover and Guinness, they're um, Collie lab mixes. They're about 60, 65 pounds. So to have this like six pound dog now, um, it's crazy. And I, I love her to death. She yeah. is now, none of them are in the room, so I can say this, but she is my <laughs> favorite. Uh, I love her. So she is like rainbows and sunshine every time I wake up. She's like right there and she like gets excited like, oh my gosh, mom's awake. Like it's so fun. She sounds so, like the dog her. from Secret Life of Pets. Do you know, like, the, did you ever see that movie, like, the little white fluffy girl one who's like, hi? Yeah, she's exactly like that <laughs> She's so freaking cute. I love her to death. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry that we're out of time here because I enjoy talking to you so much. But tell everyone where they can find you and they can um, they can learn more that way. Sure. Just visit petbossnation.com and you can communicate with us right through there or on all social media. It's just the Pet Boss Nation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Candice. I uh, can't wait to see you at the Pet Boss Nation conference in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll see each other before that, I'm sure. sure But (laughs) yes, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes for this episode at wearwagrepeat.com. 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, Lucy and I will see you around the dog park.